Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with Mother Earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to Mother Earth, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to again empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the LYF podcast and I'm super excited, thankful and grateful to be doing this episode along with three very important people from the team. Uh, we have JR McMichael, our IT tech and web, web admin. We have Shane McIntyre, content writer and grant writer, and Aaron Tejedo, a content writer. And what's really fun is I'm sure a lot of you have read a lot of um, Shane and Aaron's work this past season, and they came to us as interns, and now they are integrated team members. They decided to stay and work alongside us. So just really grateful and excited, and I thought it'd be really fun to start off um really the beginning of the year with having them on the episode and getting to hear their voices. We get to see their thoughts and their beautiful words written all the time. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to hear their voice too. So hi guys. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. I'm just excited to be here and excited to contribute. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And same here. Thank you for that introduction. Of course. And hello, JR. Oh hello! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just I was in the zone about the the introduction and and welcoming these guys into LYF officially. Um, congratulations, welcome, uh, and we look forward to everything that you're gonna produce for LYF and helping us all out. So it's fun. So I was a little zoned out. My bias. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And you know, JR, you're behind the scenes guy too. So it's always great to get to hear your voice as well. Um, there's some, it's always so much to be talked about with all of you. So excited to get this going. So our episode today is all about bringing our theme to life. So this month for the month of February, we're going to be celebrating our mentors and the importance that mentors have had in our lives and and the lives of everybody in society. You know, we all look up to somebody important. And then we're also going to pay um, and give some uh, some light to Black History Month, too. So throughout the month um, in our content, y'all are going to find um, us giving shout outs to different members in, in uh, the Vegas community and the black community that do so much for Vegas and also talk about some historical figures. So lots, a lot of cool things coming this month. Um, but to start off our conversation right now, I thought it'd be really neat for, for all of us to talk about 
a particular mentor that you've had in your life that because of you meeting them, it radically changed your life for the better. So does anyone want to take it away first? Um, I can start off. Awesome. All right. So for mentors, uh, when we came to this topic, the first thing that came to mind was honestly my third grade teacher. Um, and just like, I love reading and writing and I could confidently say that if it were not for her, um, I probably wouldn't be so interested or as passionate as I am about words and storytelling. And I know in elementary school, you're learning all these different subjects, but in her class, there was just such a uh, emphasis on books and she'd read to our class. And I love that so much. And um, she was someone I felt like I could open up to. Her name was uh, Miss Franks, Lisa Franks. I think she moved uh, back to Minnesota or Wisconsin a few years ago, but mm. my mom still keeps up with her on Facebook. And I don't know, I just, you know, there's sometimes where I just think about how influential she was to me. And um, just, she was also there for my family uh, because we had recently moved to Las Vegas. And then that was also a moment where we were still transitioning as a family to uh, the new area. And she was almost like a rock, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and her influence was, I, I, I honestly still feel it today. Just how I just love to read and write. I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. she's someone to admire. I don't know. And it, that just makes me think about how great teachers are as mentors and the influence they have on the lives of everyone out there. Yeah, shout out to our educators. <laughs> Who else wants to go? Um, I could take that one. Um, so it's it's interesting that Aaron said that, especially about teachers, um, because my main mentor for this question was also a teacher of mine uh, while I was at UNLV. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Dr. Felicia Campbell passed away this summer um, from due to COVID-19, but uh, she was one of the probably one of the biggest influences in my life as a writer. Um, she, I had, I took one of her classes as an elective, um, and I wasn't even really sure if I wanted to continue my writing career at that point. Uh, and the class that she was teaching was an elective on uh, her. The class topic was uh, women travelers in literature, and and she just kind of, as she was a great traveler herself and she traveled around the world and lived in other countries uh, and she so she decided to develop this class on uh, women travelers and their kind of role in literature and their effect on the world um, and she was a great feminist herself and so she wrote a lot about it um, but Dr. Campbell was the first person who really read my writing in a serious way um, and in, encouraged me to continue writing um, and she read every novel that I've ever written she had read most of anything that I published anywhere and things I didn't publish uh, Dr. Campbell just sort of continued to push me to be better and better and without her influence and without her constantly being there to guide me through different classes and through college um, I'm not sure if I ever would have finished my English degree and I'm not sure if I ever would have finished uh, my second novel which she was a, a you know, a huge fan of, and she loved, and she was constantly uh, bragging about it. And I think I probably sold a lot of books because of her words and, wow. um, and because of her influence, I kept writing. So, yeah. Dang, that's amazing. Wow. I'm speechless right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And it's just like you said too earlier, Monica, it's like how important it is for 
you know, a shout out to the educators because both Aaron and Shane share something similar in, in the fact that, you know, as they're going through school or going through college, that these individuals had that much of an impact that now they're starting to use uh, what they've learned in, in, in practical ways and then they fell in love with it. It's just really amazing, like we said, uh, how important our educators are. Yeah. With that, I'm thinking about my educators. <laughs> and I mean, I have a lot of, you know, just I have like a, a handful of folks that have helped me a lot. Um, but the one that's coming to my mind right now is uh, Dr. Robert Fitral. He is um, the sociology chair at UNLV. And I met him 10 years ago. Um, I was taking his social 101 class. And at that point, I was I was just majoring in environmental studies. And I took his course as a prereq um, for, or as a, yeah, a requirement for my minor that I was doing, my solar renewable energy minor. And I had no idea, you know, I'm taking Social 101 thinking, oh, it's just going to be another class. And uh, as life would have it, um, he is also an environmental sociologist. And so he infused a lot of uh, just environmental lessons, you know, throughout and connected society to environment. And I just remember my mind just kind of just like, wow, I, I can't like I was like, how haven't I thought of this before connected the dots to it? And he expanded my mind in such a way that it made me really passionate to study sociology. And and so I ended up declaring sociology as my second major. And, you know, at the time I, I went to advisors and I was like, is this a good decision for me to make? And at that time, the advisor said, you know, don't do it because you can just you can always get your master's in it later, which is is viable and is viable advice. But something in me was was like, no, I want to major in it. I'm going to double major. And I'm so grateful that I did because um, he his his wisdom, his knowledge, his area of research has helped me substantially and to put it to present day because of him um you know i reached out to him about a year ago and i said dr fritra like i i need extra help for the love yourself foundation do you know if there's like any interns or anything that i can connect with and he said well coincidentally uh college of liberal arts is starting a new internship program so maybe I can connect you to Jenna Heath and um, see about getting LYF as a community partner. And thanks to that, thanks to that, then we got plugged in and we've been a community partner now of COLA for a year. And without that, I would have not met Aaron and Shane. And hey. so, you know, there's just <laughs> so, so much love, gratitude to Dr. Fertrell. And then that's just the magnitude of what these, we never know, right? How far, uh, these connections are going to take us, how it's going to help us throughout our life. And so, so much, thank so much gratitude to, to Dr. Fitrell. <laughs> That's so cool. Mentors have just this giant ripple effect without us even realizing it. So mm -hmm. no, that's, that's a really cool story. That's crazy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm really glad because I can be very stubborn. And so I'm really glad I was stubborn. And I was like, no, I'm going to double major in sociology. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a really great decision. So good. <laughs> what about you, JR? Yeah. So the mentor that I was thinking about was actually had to involve work. So as a kid, I've always been interested in technology. Technology has been something that has been a part of my life for a long time. I went to a, a magnet school for high school that taught me about computers and servers and all this stuff. And that was kind of where my mindset was going as far as a career path was it was going to be in technology. It's going to probably be in IT, but I never had thought about working yet because I was a junior in high school still. So, um, one day my mom tells me that there's a job opening over at UNLV for this nonprofit and they need an IT person. I, you should just go and apply. And you know, my Filipino mother, <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> I would drive you if I have to drive you. Um, so I go, I, I have the interview and, uh, the mentor that it ended up being is his name is Romel, um, sat down, had the interview process, uh, stumbled along the way as anybody with their first interview would probably do then i get a call from him he said hey we want you to join our team when can you start and i guess within the week or so i had started and as much as i've learned in schooling uh it work i've never done anything in person i've never managed any equipment i haven't worked on anything it was always in a controlled environment and i remember the the first day that i got there he asked you know, he was showing me the ropes, showing me some stuff. He ended up telling me, um, hey, there's something wrong with the copier over in the copy room. You mind go taking a look at it? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I didn't look at a copier ever in my life. So I'm standing in front of the machine all scared, just like, I don't know what button to push. <laughs> I don't know where the, <laughs> where the paper goes. But the a whole that like one instance, he had always taught me the ropes. He always guided me through everything when it came to technology. And he was so nice so kind and always willing to share the information it was never you know us working in different departments or anything it was more of a team effort and i kind of was under his wing the whole entire time because i always wanted to learn and and he was so knowledgeable still is today about everything with technology so i, I ended up kind of leveling up as the years had gone by and you know i just absorbed so much from him in that first year there was a uh, awards ceremony that we do with our participants at the end of the year to kind of do a celebration of our participants. And at the end of it, they do uh, uh, an employee of the year uh, award. And I ended up winning it that first year I started working there. And I got up on stage and I was just thanking a whole bunch of people. And at the very end, I, I thanked Romel and he had taught me something. This line that kind of stuck with me even till today is, uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. And I ended up saying that to him on stage Aww. and that kind of encompassed everything that he had taught me was just, you know, if it wasn't for him to teach me everything, then I wouldn't be here at UNLV doing tech work 16 years later. Um, so he had a huge impact and it ended up becoming something where it wasn't just about technology. It was more, he was talking about life and, and, he helped me grow up. You know, I was only 17 when I started and, and he really helped me grow into the person that I am today. So forever thankful, forever grateful for him for doing that. And uh, yeah, it's just 
pretty much defined my career. Beautiful story. Love it. And it ties perfectly on um, talking of our next question is uh, why, why do you feel mentors are important? Oh, man, I think we gave enough examples. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think mentors are important because they help guide you through life. You know, you just and every person that you meet, you know, they have that kind of special connection with you uh, in a mentor style, right? That you might not know exactly what course you want to take or what road you want to go down or what door is going to be opening. But these people not only guide you, but I think it helps because they've been through something like this before too. And they can kind of sense it in you like, oh, I was in their shoes a long time ago. Let me just show you a little bit of what you're going to experience. And I think that's kind of a powerful uh, way to, you know, work within people is just, like you said, you just never know who you're going to meet down the road. And I think it, it it's something special to know that these individuals pop up for some reason that you might not know right now, but maybe down the line you will, um, that actually just shapes you into the person that you want to become. Yep, very well said. And I think, you know, what comes up also is I think it's, you know, as a person that's growing and you're finding yourself, it just, it means a lot, you know, when someone uh, sees you, you know, sees your potential and believes in you. I think that's uh, a big piece for me. And like collectively the mentors that have impacted me um, helped me in so many ways. Cause I'm, I'm the first person in my, uh, in my immediate family that went through college and there's so much of that, that uh, you know, you don't have your parents to lean on for that information. And so I'm just so grateful because I needed, you know, I would, I was just a very curious person and needing questions and I'd not afraid to ask questions and just venturing. And, um, and I'm so grateful that I got the help and not only that, that they've really, they pushed me further. And for that, I'm, I'm always going to be so grateful. They're almost like that. I don't, I'm trying to make an analogy, but, but they're almost so special in a way that they almost don't compare to the other support systems in your life. Uh, like you have your family and friends, but when you have someone you can not just look up to, but like, as you were saying, who sees your potential, sees how great you can be. I think that's where the joy comes when having a mentor and finding one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Aaron brings that up is just, it is true in that sense that it's a little bit more special than what you would think that it is. You know, with Rommel in the very beginning, he was just my coworker, right? But as time has gone on and then the more that we started to connect, he ended up becoming or becoming, um, a older brother that I never had, you know, and he always wanted the best for me. He was always looking out for me and it, it was beyond work at that point. It was just, it was life and he became family to me. And it's just, it's crazy how that kind of works out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, it feels like extended family, you know? And I know we've talked about that before too, just the different levels of family, but um, yeah, it's like just extended family that they believe they see you and uh just help you grow in a way that's so unique. Do any other thoughts arise? 
I know we've covered a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, we no, we did, but it was like one thing I was gonna say is that um, it was it was definitely weird finding a mentor at that point in my life because I always feel like they they tend to pop up and at times when you wouldn't necessarily expect them to is what I found. Um, because like even once when I met Dr. Campbell, um, I up to that point. My, because my personal mentor um, in my life was my grandfather, um, because he really raised me. Um, but then he had passed a, a couple of years before I met Dr. Campbell. And so for a while there, um, I was just kind of going through life and I didn't really know what to do with it, especially when it came to college, because my grandfather kind of pushed me to go to college, even when I wasn't really I didn't know if I wanted to go and he just kept saying, you know, go to college, go to college, get the education. And I was like, yeah, it's good advice. But, you know, he didn't, he never went to college himself and he had worked blue collar jobs his entire life. Um, and then, so I got to college and grandfather passed away and it was like, well, what do I, what do I do now? I'm here. <laughs> Where do I go? Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dr. Campbell, when I met her, she was definitely one of those people who kind of helped me on the path and helped me find the way and helped me realize like oh this is what I can do I could definitely you know be an English major if I really wanted to um so that's um when when you said that about having a lot of questions and not really having anyone in your family who's been to college I really related to that um, because that was basically my experience mm -hmm. yeah right and it pushes you it pushes you to really figure it out and figure out your interests um and it also helps you see your drive. You know, I think that's what it showed me too, is that, you know, despite not having uh, the knowledge in the family to help me, it was just that driving, that driving force, that, that passion, that interest. And then, and it always leads you to the right people. And like you said, unexpectedly too. Any other thoughts to add on that, Aaron? Mm, it just has me thinking about like, almost all our mentors have come from an academic or university setting. And I mean, you have school, but it's not just an opportunity to learn about um, and build an education. You meet all these awesome and great people. So, I mean, that's what it has me thinking about and how great educators are, and the role they play in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just today I was actually chatting with um, a prospective volunteer addition to the team and um, we were just talking about like right now, right, the challenges that are happening with the school system because of the pandemic and the infrastructure that had to change, whether or not the teachers were ready or whether or not they even had the equipment. Um, and even yesterday I was helping my niece uh, with a homework assignment and just you know, seeing on seeing her teacher like uh, giving the the instructions through a web tutorial, like all that effort, all that time, and it just for a moment I just felt a lot of gratitude, you know, for these teachers that despite a pandemic, are they're still pushing forward and trying to bring solutions to their students. Yeah, education really is definitely at the heart of everything. I think mm -hmm. um, you got to build up this formative years and you see teachers doing that they make that impact they're mentors every day and I don't think they even realize it mm -hmm. or get enough gratitude for it yes. so, mm -hmm. yeah they're great 
I'm happy that you narrowed it down to only one mentor because we can make this like a three. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we totally can. We can totally talk about more or another one. Does anybody else pop in your guys' mind that you guys want to give a shout out to? Well, on the lines of educators, uh, you know, I had uh, in my college, on my bachelor's career, um, Mr. Mezzacapa was my professor at the time. And, uh, you know, the school that I went to wasn't the greatest. And he definitely made it more enjoyable when you were there. But I think the reason why he made it more enjoyable is because he actually cared about the ones that were serious about going through school and, and wanting to get their degree. Um, that it was easy to gravitate towards him as a mentor because it showed that he cared too, you know, and uh, that really helped me kind of get through schooling, get through even as much as I didn't want to be there. Um, he definitely made me, you know, rethink some things and, you know, Hey, just keep going through it. It's going to be beneficial in the end. Um, and he's still, even to this day, he's like, Hey, did you get your master's yet? Are you getting your master's? What's going on with that? So he's always checking in. We uh, used to hang out uh, before the pandemic as well, and we'd always kind of touch base. And, um, you know, it's it's nice to know that there are those that even when you're gone, they still want to know, hey, is everything okay? Is mm-hmm. everything good? Need any yes. help with anything? Um, it's just what sounds like it's small stuff. It's really big to us because it means a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just reminded me of another important man, uh, Mr. Uh, Guard Jameson. He's another. He's a professor too um, at UNLV. Uh, he teaches philosophy, Indian philosophy, and I took his course uh, in 2012, my last year of college. And um, you know, I I took his class at a time in my life where I felt a little lost, definitely a little lost spiritually. You know, I grew up Catholic. So, and then from like 19 to 22, I didn't really know what I stood for um, spiritually. You know, I was definitely like venturing and and exploring. And then I took his class and, uh, you know, we're talking about Eastern philosophy. And I just remember just feeling uh, he's just such a compassionate person. And in his teachings, he just, I don't know, just the, the, the text, everything just felt so much more friendly and, and loving than what I was used to <laughs> than what being in the Catholic church, not trying to bash Catholicism, <laughs> but it was like a breath of fresh air for me, you know, in my journey. And then um, him and I, we just connected because at the time I, I was uh, leading a campaign at UNLV called Take Back the Tap. Um, aim to reduce bottled water and, and um, he learned about it. And then I was doing a lot with water at the time. And uh, that following year, I did a service trip to Honduras. And then I found out that he is a big philanthropist too. So <clears throat> he actually sponsored me to go. He paid half of my trip. And I was just in awe. I was like, I just couldn't believe it. And then he's just, and now he's turned into what you were saying, JR. Uh, he checks in on me all the time and um, he still helps me. He's helped me so much with um, the direction to take LYF and 
he's just always there. So I'm just always so grateful. And he is, again, like I mentioned before, huge in the, uh, just huge in the community. And he's a big uh, donor for many, many nonprofits here in town. And there's like a joke in like the nonprofit sector here that says that all roads lead to guard. <laughs> and because he's like this big, he's just like an angel of a person. So big shout out to you, Mr. Guard Jameson. <laughs> Nice. By the way, take back the tap. That was a little throwback. I like that one. A little throwback, you know? <laughs> that was the first time I met you was take back the tap. So much gratitude. Look, then that I was mentored in that. Like, it was just, you know, the list just goes Those on. Those ripple effects. Those ripple effects are just everywhere. It's crazy. <laughs> you just never know. You never know. Yeah, it's one of those. It It, it is interesting, um, but it's it's one of those things that it's why I choose my words so carefully that sometimes I will pause before I say something um, because you never know what kind of effect your words are going to have on somebody. Um, because like I've been in that place before where I was not doing so well. And then one of my mentors would come by and, and you know, Dr. Campbell would say something and it would be like, wow, that made me feel either a million times better, or maybe it taught me some kind of life lesson. Um, but it's when, you know, when you're, when you choose your words, it is almost like you're, you know, casting a stone into the river of time. You don't know where it's going to end up or how it's going to turn out um, or where it's going to come ashore, or what kind of effect it'll have on somebody's life. Um, and so for me, that's, that's always been an important thing. Isn't there like that saying, it's like words can either, it's like, it can either be like a sword. They can either be swords or I forget. But along the lines of that, like what you just said, Shane, like they can either be weapons or they can be healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, and like I said, you never know what kind of effect it's going to have. Um, and that's why I just I always try to keep that in mind, um, because like you never really know what somebody's going through. And uh, as far as like and in, in bringing that kind of back to mentorship is that um, you never know when you're gonna be that person for somebody. That kind of reminds me of. Uh... A mentor I had in high school, her name is uh, Miss M, Christian Moria. Uh, she was always known as one of the hardest electronic teachers in our high school. And everybody that would take her course or take her class, um, always complaining, just upset. Just, she's sounds, It seems like she's rude or she's being too hard on you. Nobody liked it. And I didn't think I was going to connect with her at all because I had kind of the same feeling. I was kind of scared to walk into her classroom some days. But as the year had gone by, the more you started to understand, like, no, she's not trying to be hard on you. She's just trying to be real with you, trying to prep you for things that will happen, you know, down the road that it actually made whoever stuck around stronger people. Mm -hmm. And forever grateful for for her too just because i didn't think i would gain that kind of strongness from her class or the way that she taught but that really kind of rounded me out uh in high school and then you know up until college to know that you know even things when things get tough it's okay you can get through it and sometimes the road is not that easy but if you just stick with it and you keep doing it Eventually, you're going to get through it, and you're going to be, become a better person for it um, once you get to the other side. So, And again, there's one of those mentors that we still talk to today. 
you know, I think it was a weird kind of transition period when I wasn't calling her Miss M and then calling her by her first name. Like that's always going to be weird, I think. Yes, I felt the same way with Dr. Fitzgerald. He's like, okay, Monica, I think you can start calling me Robert. <laughs> and it's still weird. Like, you know, you're not 16 anymore. You're you're 25, 26. You're, you're in the 30s, you know. You, you can call me by my first name. I'm just like, okay, Miss M. I mean... <laughs> But yeah, it's just—it's one of those uh, connections too with a mentor that you still taught. I still talk to her even to today, and yeah, it's just—it's—it's it's just crazy. Like it, we keep talking about all these different people that we meet, but it still has that same underlying, you know, idea of you know these people are still in some fashion still in your life or have had a big enough impact on you that you still carry that with you, and yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just, it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. just beautiful. It makes me think of, uh, have you guys watched the movie Soul, the new Disney movie? Oh, yeah. Not yet, no. no? Uh, I, have a, I have a Disney Plus subscription and I keep seeing it there. And I feel like a part of me is putting it off just because I know I'm going to make this existential realization <laughs> if I watch that movie. <laughs> you are right. It will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah have you watched it shane or not i don't have disney plus so sorry i didn't get around to it <laughs> well there's a, a big uh topic in that movie is mentors um you know and as we're and it, it is it's like it's a really good movie it, and like you said aaron it's definitely makes you um, question your existence <laughs> but it's good it's so good highly recommend it um but what I like about, and I, you know, the older that I become, I realize, and as I'm, I've entered into like a mentor role and it's kind of, it blows my mind sometimes. I'm like, wow, now I'm mentoring people <laughs> and it's beautiful. <laughs> and it's so, I love it, honestly, because it is truly like a, you're never, you never stop learning, you know, like you might be like the mentor, but you're still learning so much from the people that you're working with so it's still it's such a like even exchange of energy and uh and that in that movie you see that you see that it's it's put very well um how the mentor learned a lot from his mentee and uh yeah it's beautiful beautiful movie very much applied to real life mm -hmm. it was a crazy realization when we came to the end of those uh, end of the credits and I just remember Monica sitting on the couch and she was like, mentors, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, she's right. <laughs> and it's like in the movie is um, you see like because the I don't want to give it away, but like internships, like a big other like another it's like a big concept of that. And and I remember it being a student. And, you know, just being eager to explore and see my potential, but feeling like, you know, but that there weren't a ton of opportunities. And so I'm just, I'm grateful that I have the opportunities that I had. And now that's why I'm so passionate, you know, to work with students. And I'm so, again, tying it back to COLA, grateful because when I was a student, COLA didn't really have 
that type of opportunity. So it's just so cool to see the leadership and Cola taking that stance to giving, you know, resources to to their students. So you can start building yourself, building your confidence, you know, because that that's huge. Like, yes, college is so important, but when you get to apply your knowledge, it takes it to a whole other level. Yeah, mentorship is almost like, I don't know, the purest form of giving back to your community, I think, right? And then it's like, we don't even realize it. And then the ripple effect that has on other people. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so for folks that maybe don't have a mentor, um, what are some pieces of advice to offer like on how maybe they can find one, anything that's helped you along the way? to find uh, these, these people that have helped you? Um, I, I believe that it's, it, it's definitely kind of hard to find one necessarily. Like I said, I think the mentors I've ever had in my life are people that I've encountered at uh, kind of, biz- uh, I guess, bizarre times in my life or these weird sort of intersections where I'm going from who I was then to the next evolution, whether it's graduating college into something else or if it was getting into college. Um, but for me, I think one thing I always did was extending that, you know, mentorship, it, it's typically a personal topic. It's like you have to re- really kind of know the person personally and have that in your life um, in a direct way. But for me, I definitely take inspiration from everything around me. Um, and sometimes like after my grandfather passed away, um, is when I started getting back into like the kinds of music he would listen to. Um, and when I was a little kid, he would listen to a lot of Johnny Cash. And so Johnny Cash became a favorite musician of mine. Um, and it was in a way I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot about the man's politics as an adult that I didn't really get as a kid, that I would suddenly understand the, the meaning of the music. And um, so for that, it was like, okay, here's, I'm learning from this now. And so it's obviously, I didn't know the man personally, but like at the same time, I'm learning from that experience um, and learning from that, who they were as a person and reading about them and all that. And um, I think if somebody doesn't have a mentor in their life, sometimes they can sort of take that sort of inspiration from somebody they maybe don't know. Um, If there's a writer who's written a lot about something that they take interest in, okay, how did they come to that? Um, And honestly, that's at least one step on the way to uh, maybe meeting more people in real life. I feel like it just happened by chance. It just so happened that these people showed up in the fashion that they did. Um, I didn't go seeking for them. It just kind of happened the way it was. So I kind of I'm curious how much the universe plays into these people showing up at these particular moments in time. Um, that it's hard for me to, you know, tell someone like, oh, if you need a mentor, you need to. I don't know. <laughs> it just it just happened. I I I give it some time. I don't. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that maybe more importantly, um, like like I said, it's if if you kind of put yourself out there, you're greater chances you're actually going to meet somebody um you know for me that it was like just going to college and continuing going to college and then sure enough i take this class and oh here's dr campbell and then that just it it just happened um but said the universe has a curious way of kind of pushing things together um and and odd things happen like i said um becoming a, a johnny cash fan it was weird for me and then reading about the man and finding out that his birthday was february 26th which is the day my grandfather died 
and then having that weird connection between him and his music. And then when wow. I listen to his music, like he has this uh, cash for people who don't listen to his music. He has like a very deep kind of gravelly voice. And that's the way that my grandfather spoke and their voices sound similar. And there's this weird energy that kind of tied it all together into one. And it was such a, a weird experience for me, but um you know, learning more about that, it it definitely pushed my life in a different direction. Um, and maybe that's part of what kept me going. And suddenly there was Dr. Campbell. And I think that if people um, kind of keep going in their life and they just keep living and they keep loving themselves and they keep trying to find their way in the world, that eventually these people will come to them. It yes. happens. Yes, yes, yes. And what a coincidence about that date, too. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And it was, and, and it was weird because I actually wrote about it in an LYF uh, blog post at one point when I was writing, I don't remember how exactly I got to that point, but I just, it was weird because I was writing about it. And then I was, I was just reading this biography on Johnny Cash and I said, Oh, he was born on February 26th. And I never knew that. Um, and I think it was just like, for me, I, I think I was writing about um, inspirations in my life and um, and it was just such a weird coincidence that I was like wow it's it's you know for all my life that my hero one of my heroes Johnny Cash is born on the 26th but for the last five years it's also been my grandfather's you know, the anniversary of his thing so um, yeah there are weird connections like that synchronicity yeah yeah no and I think um, you said it well uh, Shane about for people just to keep going and I think a lot of it is just staying true to your interests, staying true to your passion and don't, and never giving up. I actually talk, look at this story. I just saw this on Instagram the other day. I followed Jimmy Fallon and he talks about how he stumbled upon this song that ended up becoming his anthem during the pandemic. And the song is called like, if like you're, if you're going to get, if, if you're going to go down, like go down swing. And I forget, I forget the, the title. And so he ends up, he gets so happy, like just connects so deeply to this song that he ends up contacting this artist and inviting the artist to come on the show. Apparently this artist was ready to give up on his music career. And he had written to like his managers, like, you know what, I've given it my all, like, because he had released his album last year, the year of the pandemic that when it started. So he's like ready to give it up. And then he gets this call from Jimmy Fallon telling him that he wants him on his show. And so like the guy's like, he starts crying. He, Jimmy Fallon said like the guy was literally crying for like an hour because he couldn't believe it because the day before he had just said he was going to give up. And the next day he gets this call from Jimmy Fallon at asking him to his show. So it's incredible. It's like, don't give up, you know, don't give up on what makes you shine. Keep going. You don't know who's going to help you out. Now Jimmy Fallon is a, like, I learned about this dude because of Jimmy Fallon. Imagine how many more people are going to learn about this guy's music now. So, you know, now Jimmy has become his mentor, you know, to help him further in his life. So the ripple can, again, you just never know. You just never know. And Jimmy Fallon talks about it so funny because he's like, "Yeah, I heard it. I heard this song at a hardware store." <laughs> he's like, "I was just trying to fix my light, my light bulb, and and then I hear this song." <laughs> so you just never know. Never know. Oh, that, you never yeah. know. Yeah, it's an incredible. That is an incredible story. Um, 
because like we said that the universe does push things together and sometimes it pushes things in motion because you know he heard it at that time but imagine if he was on his way to the hardware store and it hit like a red light oh and God. heard the song right. or something like like and and yet he did and yet he did and that's really incredible that damn universe man <laughs> yeah it always knows <laughs> so yeah i just can't you can't can't uh don't give up stay true to your passion and just i can say that and i've always said this too like with um the help that lyf has gotten organically over the years it's it's amazing and it's and i've always kind of put it in the hands of the universe to trusting and of course putting things in motion to to have uh help come too but it's like oh the universe always delivers the right people and how cool like even thinking back to our internship program i didn't even meet these guys in uh on like i didn't meet them in person until just recently and we've you know we've all been working alongside each other on virtually and just how cool you know the power of technology and how we still were able to connect you know and your love for writing and your love for um, you know, the, me the message that LYF puts out, we found each other and I'm so thankful. <laughs> <clears throat> so now to shine some light on Black History Month. Uh, so like I mentioned previously, throughout the month, we're going to be highlighting different community members in the community, uh, doing amazing things. Um, Beverly Chills will be one of our highlights and many, many more. So I wanted to take a moment now and just talk about, uh, you know, how has any any black figure in history, anything that you want to bring to light now to just commemorate um, this month? Oh, uh, I just, I don't know. I just think it's so important to highlight February and Black History Month, especially when you look at the state of what America was in the last four years, like, oh my God, now more than ever does it need to be highlighted and does it need a light cast on it? And it should be this moment where figures in black media and in black pop culture are highlighted. Um, and I think that's something that LYF does. We're gonna be highlighting all these amazing artists within our community. Um, it's something to really focus on and just not just limit to a month, right? Exactly. Something, something to always look at and find joy in. And the theme of mentors, my, um, <clears throat> and coming back to educators, my second grade teacher, like in elementary, an elementary school, he was like my favorite teacher. And like, I would say maybe one of my early mentors and uh, he, the, he was like this big black guy and I was super buff and you know I'm a little second grader and I remember I was just so intimidated because he was such a big guy you know I was like oh my god you know and I was like so used to just being with my mom too and just a more like female energy he was like my first male teacher and um, he ended up becoming like he was like a big teddy bear and just so loving like, I just remembered that. And he was probably one of the first like positive male role models in my life. And it was just, it was just so, you know, I can't, I, I can think back to particular memories from second grade, but I just, what I remember the most was just, you could just feel his love for teaching 
and out like all the kids we loved him so much like we would always fight to like uh be on his lab and we'd climb on on him you know <laughs> and uh and it was just so much fun you know so he was he's such a good teacher such a good teacher and um he was one of my first like prominent uh mentors that was also black but yeah big shout out to mr lancaster i think for uh for me, uh, I don't. It's kind of a. It's an issue for me only because I'm, you know, I'm multiracial, right? I'm half Filipino, half black. Actually, I just found out I had 23 and Me recently, and I'm actually part French and part German. So we'll figure out what <laughs> month that we celebrate that. Um, but race has always kind of been an issue for me because I never really identified with either side right and especially during this month i feel like i don't know enough about half of my history that it's always kind of a kind of an issue for me to try and be a part of it right but as a figure that i looked up to still do is my dad you know my dad being black and and the way that he raised me and my sister and took care of his family served in the military for 20 years in the air force and um you know as a public servant and just would sacrifice anything for his family and, and wants to make sure that everybody is taken care of and you know does right not a bad bone in his body just it was a great thing to see growing up uh, and the thing about it too, is the reason why I, I say that I don't really identify with it, you know, either one is my dad never made it about race. You know, my dad grew up during a time where, you know, there was segregation and, um, all of that, that was happening. But when I was growing up, we never really talked about it that much. And the way that I see him, it was never the color of his skin. It was the man that he was or that he is that was important. And for me, and it's cheesy to say, but it's like, you never, you don't see color, but that's just how it was is I never saw anything like that, that it wasn't until recently in the past couple of years that I started to see the injustices against African-Americans and um, the things that, we've had to go through over the years to kind of move throughout this country. It's just, it's in, it's crazy to think that that's what was going on, but in my household was never a thing. So that's why it's always kind of hard for me to, to get involved in these kinds of things that I want to, I want to learn more about that side of me and, and everything about that. But like I said, my father being who he is, the color of his skin was never a, a thing to bring up or never an issue growing up. It was always about who you were, what your character is. That's what's important. Sure, there are going to be problems with the way that you look, but if you're a, a great person and, and you try to do right the, as the best you can, that's what's important. And that is what I really look up to towards him. Someone cut onions up in here. I don't know. <laughs> uh... your dad's gonna listen to this and be so happy. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs>
Hmm. What about you guys? Um, I think that one really important figure in my life, I'm sorry, we need a second to think about that one, um, but one really, really important figure. Um, actually, there were, there were two people um, that I'm thinking of now, but there was, uh, that especially people that helped with my kind of awareness of the world um, and of situations in this country that maybe I wasn't as aware of growing up um, because I grew up in places that were mostly... Um, that weren't really like racially diverse, especially living in, in New Jersey originally. Um, and then growing up and moving to Pennsylvania when I was like 10, it was an almost all white area. And it was something that I just didn't, I'd never had any experiences of people outside of that. Um, but uh, there was one really, really important figure in my life, I think was um, there's a writer named Alex Haley. And uh, he, he wrote a book called Roots in the, uh, I believe it was the early 60s is when the book was first published. Uh, and interestingly, my grandfather was also the person who gave me a copy of this book um, because it details his Alex Haley's family and his lineage going back to um, to literally when his ancestor was brought over here as a slave in the, um, I believe it was the mid 18th century um, when when his first ancestor was brought to the to the United States as a slave, and then he details um, his family's lineage, starting with um, his ancestor's birth in Africa, all the way up to um, the first generation of his family after the Civil War. Um, and it's just this incredible chronicle um, of this life, and and I really it made me really realize, like, wow, there's so much in history classes that you don't get. Um, and there's so much that you never learn until you open your eyes and you begin looking at um, other people's experiences and until you begin to really pay attention to what's going on that you never really know. Um, and if it wasn't, I don't know if it was, if it wasn't for Alex Haley um, writing that book and then getting it made and it was actually made into a TV show in the 1970s. And I also saw the, uh, my grandfather had a DVD set of the TV series and I saw that as well. Um, but it was like, um, it was a life-changing experience um, and it was an eye-opening one. Uh, mm. um, and, and Alex Haley is a, is a beautiful writer um, and he writes about some really horrific stuff, but he writes about it in such a way that it, it really makes you kind of feel and at least see a little bit of what the history really was and um, what's kind of led us to this point. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, it, if as, as a writer, I definitely have taken inspiration from his writing styles and I've definitely, I don't know if I'd be the same writer now without having read that because it taught me empathy right in writing so mm -hmm. yeah it just has me thinking about how so much of the history we're taught in school is just predominantly whitewashed um a lot of the literature we read in high school is i mean to kill a mockingbird is a staple but at the end of the day it's written by a white author who is uh writing from the point of view where it's almost this white savior that saves the black character in that novel. And it's just about taking the time this month and moving forward to just um, highlight more black literature, I think, or just other forms of media. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much out there that is limited because of what's taught in school and what's force fed to us. So I don't know, I, I just think now really, is the opportunity to just highlight more, more blackness in America and our society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's and it's also extremely fundamental that when going into school, especially in in at least with the experiences that I had, like if I hadn't read that book, um, I don't know if I would ever have even been like aware of it, um, because in in most American history classes, so much of it is just kind of um, either like skipped over or compartmentalized to just one part of it. It's just relegated to the month of February. And then after that, it's like almost nothing else. Um, and the weird thing is, is especially like I remember in um, when I was in the 11th grade, I remember having a history class. And I don't I don't think that the teacher was a bad guy necessarily. I mean, he was a good teacher, but um, reading the history book, there's just so much that gets skipped over. Um, there's just so much that, you know, sometimes wasn't even like you would get like a paragraph about, oh, and then this happened and then they cut right to the next, what they, you know, deem to be the next big event. But there's just so much history that gets lost in there in the cracks. And if you're not, you know, openly aware of it, and if you're not listening to other people's point of view, um, especially when it comes to uh, African American History Month and Black history in the US, like you just miss it. And it's just gone. And so it's so important to have that there. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there is so much that's just missed. And I'm just like really contemplating that right now. And the and like you said, Aaron, like the um the whitewash versions that we get. And um it's uh but like you said, it's an opportunity, right? Like if anything with Black Lives Matter, I feel and, and even now, right? Like with our new vice president, Kamala Harris also multiracial like you jr and Hello, you know <laughs> representation Let's go. there you go and so i think as much as it's been really difficult being in the united states um with everything that we're dealing with with the pandemic everything i do see a lot of beauty rising and i see like even the other day i was in this symposium with unlv and it was really cool. Like they really made a point to uh, uh, note, uh, kind of like bring bring notice to the to our black facilitators that we were having. Like they just made it a point to really emphasize on diversity, and I really appreciated that. And how you know UNLV really is a, it's one of the top ten diverse uh, campuses I think in in the country. It's up there. Um, so I'm so thankful, right, that we we are in a place that is so rich in diversity, and um, you know we're all just trying to do better. And I and I hope that we can all take that energy and continue to move forward. And, and like we're what we're going to do this month and beyond, right, with with bringing more awareness and doing our best. Absolutely, exactly. I do like I, I like the the fact that you have brought up that word opportunity. There's an opportunity all the time to learn about black culture. Um, and I think for me growing up and not knowing a lot about that, even being half black myself, um, for a long time, I felt like I was doing myself a disservice. You know, I, I just, just, the culture is so rich and the history is so, um, so broad that I never really gave myself the opportunity to actually learn when I I feel like I should know something, you know, mm. um, kind of having like that identity crisis of like, I know that I'm half black, but I don't feel like I'm black, if that makes any sense. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely think that there is a ton of opportunity and, and I'm, you know, I think that the 23 me for, 
for when I took that test and I actually understood where my roots come from, um, gave me more of a, uh, of a desire to understand now that I know where we come from, um, that I'm excited to learn more about who I am and hopefully to make me a, a better person when it comes to that. Yes. And uh, you know who, who's coming? Did you guys watch the inauguration by chance or like to see some of it? Amanda Gordon, I believe is her name. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Amanda Gorman. Oh, Gorman. Amanda Gorman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like what a poem. Did you guys know of her previously to the inauguration? I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think she's the youngest poet that's said the poem there at that inauguration. And it's powerful. The message, unify the country, we'll move forward, we'll get through it, look uh, at what's ahead. I, I think that even that message is so special for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. So great. Yeah. And I like, man, I want to bring up the last part of that poem because it was so, I mean, the whole thing was amazing. But pretty much, I, just to summarize it, it was that it's, it is brave to be the light, something like that at the end. Yeah, I can't find it right now, but it was something, it was something like that. Like it is, it takes bravery to be the light. And that's, and those words just really struck a chord with me um, because, right, that's what we're, we're trying to do is it, it, it isn't always easy, right? And it's not like it's easy to choose love. It's actually hard. Um, but, and that besides the healing and the unity can happen and uh yeah, just amazing poem and what a bright young woman. I'm so excited to see how she grows from this. And just imagine I was putting myself like in the shoes of like a little girl, you know, watching that and seeing it like that's so and talk about mentors, right? Like she's going to be a mentor now, someone that little girls look up to. And even me as an adult, I'm looking up to her too. Like, wow, just amazing. Yeah, her ripple effect, just saying that, um, being up there as a Black woman, too, and just, no, it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. It's historical. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it comes back to that whole, you know, representation, you know? It, it's not just as much as we've seen how things can go bad in this country, there's still progress that's being made. Um, and, and it's just not, you know, the African-American representation. It's also, you know, women are being represented on the stage as well. You know, first Madam Vice President, and, and it just so happens that she's multiracial too. Like, could you imagine any of this actually happening? I mean, we couldn't even imagine a, a, our first black president. So mm -hmm. I think more of these situations that keep coming up, um, gives that light that light of progress and know that, you know, this country can move in the right direction. And if we accept love instead of hate, more of this can happen. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> so well said. 
<laughs> oh man. And I, I'm curious, Aaron and Shane, do you guys have an idea of what you guys are going to be writing about this month? Ooh. I don't know. I think I'm going to try and I think I'm going to try and highlight uh, a black figure. I, th I think that's what I'm going to try and do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think that I will write about honest. I said something there about the river of time and I'm going to have to go back and listen to it and, and get that exact quote. Cause I think I'm going to write something about that <laughs> with mentorship. <laughs> you know the words that we say and how it will inevitably affect people later on down the road mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah love it well for folks that are listening if you don't know we have a blog we do please read please support <laughs> we have very talented writers that really spend so much out of their time and energy and Put so much intention so it's always such a joy just to see uh what's gonna come through so check out aaron's piece shane's piece we have other writers joining we have renee she's one of our newest writers too and our new interns that are gonna be uh contributing now as well so lots of good things good month ahead super excited it's gonna be just so this has already been such a great way to start the year and I'm just excited to see what's to come. So all good things. Gotta keep going forward. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, but awesome guys. Well, anything else that y'all would like to 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 say, comment, anything that, that that's coming up before we uh, before we sign off. Just thank you for the support. Um, everyone who reaches out to us on Instagram, who's watched our live streams of our events, thank you so much for that support. It, it really does mean the world to everyone here on the team. It means a lot. And I agree completely. It's <laughs> Aaron, Aaron said it, Aaron said it beautifully, so I'm not going to try and spin my own version. But, you know. <laughs> I, I second that. That was perfect. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, Thank you guys so much. This has been really fun. Um, always a joy to connect. And I just, I love growing with you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to everybody listening, supporting. Um, if you haven't already, please leave us a review um, and rate our, our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. It helps this podcast to continue growing. And I, again, check out our blog, check out everything that we were putting out there. Um, hopefully it's helping you. All right, guys. Well, go forward. Say, say goodbye. Salutations. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Even though you want to change the world and things seem too fast to keep up as it twirls, you gotta take a breath, step back, get focused. The long journey begins in this locus. I've been around the world, but guess what? I still take one step at a time. Don't get stuck on the path in the past. I was afraid to fly. Danger never went away unless afraid to die. Let it go, let it flow, get in tune with the moment. Fight club life is your only opponent. Find out what it means to be one with the power. Not only when you're high, every second, every hour. Moment of truth won't always come when you want it. Don't run now or you'll ever be haunted. Life is 10% event. To 90% attitude, I walk through the battlefield of life. Say, all you gotta do is be here now. It's gonna work out. Be here now. Say, all you gotta do is be here now. It's 
I meditate like Ram Dass. Paint vivid lyrical pictures of Bob Ross. More melanin, intelligent, perpetually relevant. Bring it back to the center to equilibrium. Centers in. Keep it simple, sage. No more rage when you ease on down the road. You want a page. Greatest book never written. The treasure is hidden. It's all within. Don't get lost in the distance. Make it play like Malcolm and focus on the outcome. Be here now. You won't doubt some of the things you think are impossible. Every obstacle looks a lot different depending on what you gotta do. That's all I knew. That's all I ever was. I'm in the present moment. Can't be worried about a buzz. In the end, I'll be immersed in the fate of my final scene. So next to New York, but left depressing. Was a friend, so painting the brush, uh, now let it begin. My dreams and path, I hold on tight with hope. I can change my path, hold on like a remote. Control your thoughts, control your life, be free. If the present is a gift, then I just wanna be, be. Oh. 